you are now listening to Grinding True Crime with your hosts, Maddie Matt, Todd Fox, and Gabby. Police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified more victims and killed even more. Plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them and that he was also a necrophiliac. Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of the Grinding to Crime podcast with your host, Matty Matt, along with our narrator for today, Todd Fox, and the other host of the show, Gabby Gas. And we are back here live, kicking off another episode. Sorry we have uh, been a little busy this week. Uh, I've actually been hit with the COVID, so <laughs> if you notice my voice has changed, that's probably why. So, uh, and then also Todd. Has a new addition to his family, right, Todd? Yes, sir. Uh, believe it or not, I have a grandchild. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Todd's a grandpa. Todd is a grandpa, the youngest grandpa I know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so we apologize for the delay, but like we always say, the show must go on. And also, Gabby Gab, give her credit. She's been holding it down, taking care of me. So give her credit. So we all been busy this week. So enough about our personal life. Let's get back into what y'all want to hear the most. But before we get, get into that, I want to let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Just type in Grinding True Crimes. And if you want to listen to us, you can go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchors, iTunes, and Pandora. And for those listening to us outside of the country who really supports us, we love you guys. Uh, you can continue to listen to us on Podchaser, Radio Public, Breaker and pocket cash go to redbubble.com type in todd fox 80 for merchandise and also uh if you would like to leave a cash donation for uh to for our studios to go uh, uh better equipment and all that good stuff you can donate to our cash app account which is grinding true crimes that's dollar sign grinding true crime Last but not least, listener's discretion is advised. Uh, anything else, Todd? Am I missing something? Uh, just if you want to uh, talk with us, we always respond and we respond to every comment. So if you hit us up on social media or on uh, Podbean, we always respond to comments and uh, questions. So go for it. Absolutely. And also, if you have a, uh, you know, if you have a crime that you want us to look into and talk about, we'll give you a shout out. And we'll look into it, and we might even talk about it on the radio. So uh, definitely audience participation. We welcome that. Yeah, we just got one about, uh, before I called you guys, about the Black Dahlia, wanting us to do the Black Dahlia. But that one's a huge case, and that will be a multi-parter. But I said uh, probably down the line we're going to hit that one. Yeah, and I got one stored up, too, from a audio, uh, fan. So I got one down the line as well. Cool. Uh, with that being said, Todd Fox, you got a story for us today, right? Yes, sir, I do. So this one is going to come from the United States. Uh, I I was just telling Matt and Gabby off air that we are going to, well, I'm going to do like two more stories. I got to follow up on that one, the baseline killer. 
um, that that ties in with that one. That one's going to be coming up here soon. And then we're going to go with one more in the U.S. And at least for me, uh, I, I think they're going to do some international ones, and then I'll I'll follow them up with some international. So, but for right now, uh, we're going to stay in Oklahoma, uh, in the U.S. And this is the story of Ashley Bible and Lori Freeman. That name sounds familiar. Yeah, Ashley Bible sounds familiar to me no, too. For me, it's Lori. Well, okay. for me. Bible. <laughs> <laughs> you guys might have heard this story because it literally broke and finished up in 2018 2019 oh, okay. okay probably that's probably why i yeah. okay go for it. it wasn't too long ago okay um so welch oklahoma is where we start our story tonight uh, welch oklahoma is on the most northeastern tip of the state of oklahoma which is right next to arkansas uh, okay. it's a small little town um, this is probably one of the smallest ones we've done. Um, if it's one of those ones where if you're driving too fast, you'll already be past it. Um, the population of the town is only 619 people. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's little. Yeah, it's a tiny town, dude. That's one of them towns where everybody knows everybody. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and uh, the history of this town, as you may think, it, there's not much to it. Um, it. It used to be part of the Cherokee Nation before they had the Trail of Tears and they moved them out of there. Um, it was annexed uh, by a railroad, the, the Missouri, Kansas, Texas, in 1818, and it was na- named after a conductor, uh, Dan Welch, who helped the, what is it, distribute grain. That uh, Grain is a big crop out of, the, out of there that they uh, distribute, and they kick it around in Missouri and Oklahoma. So that's it. That's the history of the town. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's part of that. So then we're going to jump into Laura and Ashley. Okay. Um, Lori was born April 18th, 1983, and Ashley was born December 30th, 1983. Um, The two obviously grew up in a small town just outside of Welch, and they began to go to school together where they first met in elementary. And, you know, if if Gabby should know when two girls get together and they're best of friends, I mean, they're inseparable. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Pretty sure you had a friend like that, right, Gabby? Yep. Yeah, I mean, sometimes girls can just find a friend and their friends through high school, even all the way through elementary. I have a friend from, yeah, I do actually have one friend from elementary and I have one from middle school till now. That's like my sister. Exactly. See, some girls will have more bonds with with uh, non relatives, you know, best friends than they do their own relatives or sisters. Sometimes. Yeah. So um, these two are no different. Um, they they were inseparable since uh, elementary. They did uh, sleepovers, hangouts, talking on the phone, uh, everything. They they finished each other's sentences. They were always oh, inseparable. Wow. Yeah. Um, but in high school, Ashley's family moved to Welch, which is the next town over, about twenty minutes away from where they grew up. But they still stayed in contact. They still would do sleepovers. They would just talk more on the phone than see each other. So they. They weren't able to stay in high school with each other, but they were able to still, like nothing had happened, be on the phone and everything. Okay. Okay. Um, so this would this would uh, test their friendship, but their friendship made it through with flying colors. Um, Laura was a typical teenager into hair, makeup, and also a cheerleader. Ashley was more of your tomboyish basketball player for a high school team, and she loved outdoor sports such as shooting. Um, okay. Yeah. So in Welch. Ashley, you know, uh, her dad, they like to hunt for their own food. So she would go out there and at the age of 12, shot her first deer for dinner. 
So wow, that's cool. So that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, she was handy dandy with the uh, shotgun. Um, Ashley also worked at a convenience store at the age of 15. I don't know how, but she did. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, she was trying to, to save for a new car at the age of 15, you know, for her 16th birthday. So she was very responsible at this time. All right. Um, her mom, Kathy, worked at a department store in town, but her father was a stay-at-home drinker. <laughs> oh. Go yeah. figure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he often had a, a temper, depending on how much he drank, and he would go hunting, uh, you know, from time to time just to get out of the house. And he pretty much just uh, bought and sold weed, small time time type of dude. So okay. he was he was just into weed drinking and stuff like that. And they were in a trailer park, so he checked all the marks of uh, the uh, Oklahoma type <laughs> hillbilly type. Oh, you got to give him an accent. Man. <laughs> He's like, I've got a motorhome. I mean, I got a, a trailer park. I got a, a what is it? Sandals on with socks. <laughs> tank top a broken down car in the front yard check and i go to walmart every day with the mullet <laughs> yeah with the mullet <laughs> and a nascar shirt exactly <laughs> we're just playing y'all you know we we, we love oklahoma of course <laughs> been there a couple times actually really uh, yeah not too bad once yeah it's, it's not that bad i just i wouldn't go to tulsa tulsa has a lot i, was, of I heard about tulsa yeah, my dad always says it. Boy, in first 48, there's a lot of crime. He always says that. Yeah, he told me that the other day. <laughs> yeah. I was too young to know where in Oklahoma we stopped. I have no clue. Probably was, Tulsa. It probably was. Might have been. <laughs> but uh, but here's the thing. Daniel also was a little bit mean to Ashley when he drank. And uh, uh, and to his father. Yeah, actually, not, not the father of the year type. Um, he was also... Uh, Ashley had an older brother uh, by the name of Shane, who was almost 18, and he complained about getting whipped and beat with several objects, uh, so much so that he filed a police report in 1998 showing wounds from his dad and a little bit of bleeding on his back. <clears throat> yeah, so his father was kind of physical when he drank too much. Um, this was set to go to, uh, to court in six months in 1998. But only four months later, in January 4th, 1999, here's our first twist of the story. Here's a uh, twist. Yes. Uh, Shane was not exactly your, like, innocent young kid at this time, 18 years old, almost 19. Um, for some reason, he decided to steal a neighbor's car one day. Okay. Oh, wow. Well, for a joyride. Exactly what he did. He went for a joyride through the town of Welch into Craig County in the next city over and a deputy uh, was on the road at the time and uh, uh, he was watching the roads and he got the report of the missing or stolen vehicle and he pursued the vehicle for, for a couple miles on the highways of Oklahoma. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, as he approached, uh, the deputy Hayes from the Craig County Sheriff's Department pulled out his weapon, came up to the car door and ordered Shane to come out of the vehicle. But Shane came out of the vehicle with a gun. Oh. Yes. The officer said, drop your weapon or else. And basically, Shane put, you know, he had the gun at his side, but then he started to lift it towards the officer. Uh-oh. 
and the officer had no choice but to fire right at him. So he op- he opened fire and killed Shane almost instantly. Dang. Yeah. Don't I mean, I, I can't even blame the officer for that. Uh, you know, he had to do what he had to do. <clears throat> Absolutely. What a, not a good way to go out. Now, here's the thing, though. We're in 1999. Uh, the Craig County uh, Sheriff's Department did not have um, dash cams or body cams, obviously. It was way before that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, dash cams were around at the time, but they were not in Oklahoma police cars. They couldn't afford that dang gone fangled <laughs> equipment. So, I was about to say, I know they had dash cams because cops was in the 90s and they had. <laughs> yeah. We got these Polaroids that we take after the fact. <laughs> so that's about all they had. So um, this they went to court and this would open up a huge can of worms between the Freeman family and the Craig County uh, Sheriff's Department. Um, they went to court on this and they were ruling that, or they were accusing the sheriffs of murdering their son. And what? yeah, and uh, they went through all the legal actions and they even put up uh, billboards. Like, I don't know where they got the money for it, but uh, Daniel, the father and mother, put up billboards, uh, you know, those signs that say elect, you know, governor so and so, but put them in people's yards saying justice for Shane. And um, it pissed off the the, the police de- or the sheriff's department and the police department of Welch. And even after the case was found to be in the um, what is it called the uh, justified, the shooting was justified. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel had been started. The father started getting harassed by the sheriffs and the police department of both counties. Um, they were watching him left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, they uh, they were trying to arrest him for like the smallest little things uh he was filing complaints and then um what happened is he got so pissed off he's like you know what he started asking around where does deputy hayes live oh no yeah so daniel started openly threatening deputy hayes so then this response was like sort of like a gang mentality the craig county sheriffs along with the welch police would taunt Daniel at his motor, uh, not motor. I keep calling a motorhome, um, trailer park. <laughs> trailer park. His trailer. They they kept um, circling his yard, or they would park around in front of his yard. Oh, basically saying, "What's up?" Yeah, exactly. They were trying to intimidate him. <laughs> what you gonna do about it? Exactly. That is so petty. That, that, I mean, yeah, that is kind of petty. I, I, I yeah, that is. And then what made things worse is the courthouse in Craig County still had the charges against him for abuse on his now dead son. He had to go to court for that. Damn. Yeah. And then what happened was Daniel, uh, they, uh, they wound up throwing the case out, obviously, because his son is dead, but he still had to go through all the, the loopholes. See, that's confusing to me, though. Mm-hmm. Like. When I mean, yeah, it must be something terrible to go through losing one of your children. But if you know your child's a troublemaker and you know how you treat your child, what face do you have to go accuse people of harming him when you harm him on the daily? Yeah. And you're supposed to protect him. It I might guess have been he wanted one. to be the one that do all the harming, not no one else. That's stupid. That's what I was going to say, Matt. That's a good point. It was all ego. Yeah. Like, I'm supposed to kill my son, not you. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Well, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> Jeez. 
Yeah, I um, just don't understand parents like that, though. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. Um, well, despite everything, um, you know, poor Ashley was going through a lot and her family was going through a lot. Uh, she was turning 16 not too far after that. And, um, you know, it's in December now. And, um, you know, she's struggling with everything. But her friend Laura is like, hey, you know what? I got your back. She was there for her crying and at the funeral. And the Bibles are really close with the Freemans. So they all supported each other. They wanted to. Um, is it Lori or Laura talk? It's Laura. Oh, okay. So I heard wrong. Okay. Sorry. Actually, you know what? Wait, is it Lori? Yeah, it is Lori Bible. I'm sorry. No, you heard right. I, I, I wrote it wrong right here. My bad. Um, yeah, so Lori, Lori Bible is, you know, her family's supporting of Ashley and, and the Freemans. And they actually want to plan a big party. But uh, the Freemans are like, um, nah, you know, Ashley just wants to have a, you know, is it okay if, you know, Lori can spend the night and they just want to have a sleepover? You know, they just want to hang out drink soda, talk about boys, you know, do each other's makeup, all the things that 16-year-olds do, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, the Bibles agreed, and, and they dropped her off. Um, so on the evening of December 29th, 1999, this is what we have a birth, we have a day, so here's where something you know what happens. that means. Yep, what happens? Something bad happens on that day. Correct. Sorry if you guys hear birds, fans. Um, we got birds. Yeah. <laughs> we okay. can't be at the studio right now. <laughs> um, so her her boyfriend, Ashley's boyfriend, uh, dropped off a present around 9 o'clock, hung out with them for about 20, 30 minutes. He said that when he left the trailer that the, uh, the mom and dad were watching TV in the front room because it's one of those stationary trailers, not one on wheels. So they're kind of big. They're like two or three bedrooms. Mm. Um, so they were they were watching TV and, um, you know, the girls were just doing their thing. So that now uh, he left around like 930, close to 10. So then now we move to the next morning, December 30th, 1999, at about 630 in the morning. A neighbor opened up the front door just down the hill from the Freemans. And as she looked outside to take her dog out, the billboard that was right in front of the the uh, Freeman's house was on fire, and what? and what? so was the uh, the mobile home. What? Yeah, and so uh, she immediately called uh, police and fire department. The sheriff's department and fire department would get there in five to ten minutes. The fire was knocked out in another ten minutes. The fire department uh, searched through uh, the rubble and found one body in the front room. Oh. Yeah. One body. One body. Let me guess. The father. Nope. The mom. Yep. They found Kathy. Um, oh. And yeah. there was supposed to be two bodies in the front room. Mm-hmm. So here's, so here's where we, it gets a little uh, a meaty right here. So at the same time, the, uh, the boyfriend uh, was, was alerted by the sheriff's um, that uh, Lori Bible was there because you know news travels fast in a small town. Sure do. So he's telling the sheriffs, "Hey, you got to look for my uh, for for uh, Lori Bible. You know, you got to look for my girlfriend Ashley. You know, he's telling him who's all there in the family." Um, the sheriffs go over to the Bible family, notice notify them, and they take off. You know, they're twenty minutes away. They they got to get over there to the scene. Uh, 
Um, now here's the another twist in the story. Oh. Yeah. The, the Bibles got to the scene and were amazed to see how many police officers were just standing around the rubble. Nobody was behind the yellow tape. They were all in front of the yellow tape. Uh-oh. Yeah, there was no fire department in there. Nothing. They just saw smoldering ashes and, like, you know, burnt frames and all that stuff. But nobody was going into the scene whatsoever. Why not? They don't care. Okay, so you guys think, what do you, what do you guys think the reason why is? Probably because, you know, they knew that was the house of Charlie who they was taunting. It probably just was like, whatever, let it burn. Well, kind of in a way, what happened was the sheriff's, the the Craig County and also the Welch Police Department had such issues with this family that they did not want to get called in for doing something wrong or being accused of it. So they called the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation, which is basically the state's FBI. Hmm. And they, they it said... Like it shouldn't be having issues. The police department with us. An, an individual? That's stupid. Yeah, they didn't even want to touch the case, so they were like, nah, man, they didn't like us. We didn't like them, so you call in the big boys. <laughs> so then all of a sudden, Dr. Phil came down with the FBI. <laughs> How in the world Dr. Phil get from Chicago there? Hey, that guy can travel. He has money. He's like, what we got here now is a big pile of rubble. We got to search and see if this is a crime scene or not. So he's getting everyone together. And uh, That's a good one, Todd. <laughs> I can't breathe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, so um, the OSB show up. And they're there the entire day. So they get there from like 9 in the morning to like 5.30, almost eight hours, right? Yeah. And uh, they remove the body from the from the area. And they, they, they also go that her body's burnt, but not beyond recognition to not be able to tell that that's Kathy. And oh, okay. um, they also see that, that on her, she has a gunshot wound to the back of her head. Oh. Yeah. Now there's a twist. There's a twist right there. So right away, Dr. Phil is like, well, we have one body. And according to my math, we are now missing three. I said three humans that are not here. We have searched. We have searched this whole area with no results. So, so the girls and the dad are missing. The girls and the dad are missing. Yes. Oh, no. Freeman Bible. And Charlie, right? Daniel. Daniel. I mean, uh, Daniel. Daniel. Mm -hmm. So um, what it is is right away the police are thinking, you know what? They're telling the the FBI, the, the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation, look, that Daniel guy was a rotten guy. So, you know, like he didn't like us. We didn't like him. What if he murdered his wife and kidnapped the girls? Or, or what if they had something in on the mom? You know, anything can happen, right? Um, But the thing was – the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigations like, well, the cars are still here. So where did they go? And then the the, the police are like, well, it could have took a horse. Just like, no horses. Right <laughs> well, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're like, well, where'd they go? And um, and notice there's a, these cops are not the sharpest tool in the, in the shed. That's why I'm doing so many in person. More Johnsons. More Johnsons. A ton of Johnsons in this one. 
Oh, God. The entire staff was Johnson's. They get the Johnson reward. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they're already like, okay, then what the heck happened? You know, there's more questions than answers. Um, The Bibles went to the sheriffs and told them, uh, you know, um, that Daniel, it could have been like a drug thing because they knew that Daniel had dabbled with weed, had small times sold sacks of weed here and there, nothing big, but maybe he, uh, it was a drug deal gone wrong. And, and then the, what is the Oklahoma investigation, uh, Bureau investigation was like, nah, I don't think so. So they kind of like brushed that off and they're like, it's, it might be a murder, like kidnapping, you know? So they put on a, a, what is it called? A, um, be on the lookout for for the Apollo. for the three, and they're like, well, maybe he had another car, another accomplice, you know, because the, the families kept saying, look, the cars are all there, so they didn't take their own cars. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fire department came in there and was like, yep, there's gasoline, so this was not a, a an accident, and obviously she was shot in the back of the head. So, you know, we do have a murder right here. So um, again. This is like two days before uh, Y2K, you know, before the year 2000. Oh. And um, so it's like literally, literally before Y2K, the next day on the 31st, you know, the, the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation finishes everything. The police and sheriffs are on the lookout. They're doing their thing. The Bible family realizes you know something just isn't right uh we're gonna go back to the scene you know they have three acres of land you know let's get the cousins together and let's look for something that maybe the that they missed maybe there's a clue in the brush you know what i mean yeah Mm -hmm. so the family comes up there on the 31st of 1999 right before y2k and uh this part will send chills up your spine right here if you (laughs) if you think about it now Imagine you're the family and you're going up there and you're looking for a loved one. You're looking for some clues. You don't expect to see this, however. They found her. They go into the trailer and one of the, you know, family members walks through to where the middle of the trailer had the bathroom area. Uh And on the ground, staring right back up at him is Daniel, the father. What? Burnt half to a crisp. How did they not see him? That's that's the twist. How do you have the experts, quote unquote, there and they miss him? And then the family found him in five minutes. Or they wanted to miss him. Or they didn't care to look for him. That's or they wanted to take the heat away from themselves. Yes. So, or. Uh-huh. I don't know. I just wanted to say it. Y'all said it. <laughs> He's all, or go on. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, they would they would find the body looking right at him. They call the the sheriffs and the OSB right away. So they come running out there, lights and siren, you know, probably firing guns off for no reason as they come down the street, and um, you know they get there and. Right away, Dr. Phil gets out of the car, and you, you would think he would be, like, you know, apologetic and everything else like that. He's all, now you guys need to leave this scene and leave it to the experts because we got to get in here and get that body. We got to get the crime scene investigation in here. We got to get uh, all the, the, the lights and sirens and 
and just rope off the whole area again. <laughs> and uh, they were not having it. The Bibles were pissed. They were like, we're not going anywhere. You guys messed this up yesterday. We're going to we're going to make sure you guys do your job. I agree. So they sat there for hours as the OSB would come in with their crime scene investigation. And they would look at the body of Daniel to where it was half burnt. And he had a gunshot wound of shotgun shell variety in the back of the head. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm starting to suspect the boyfriend. Okay. What do you think, Matt? Uh, I'm starting to suspect the two girls. Oh, two girls. Okay. Yeah. The Bible and uh, what's her name? I forgot the first Lori name. Lori and Ashley? Yeah, Ashley. I feel like the girls are missing. They were taken, but I, I don't know. I don't think it was them. Well, see, that was perplexing all law enforcement. They were like, well, where the heck the girls at? And then did the girls do this? But again, both you know, both families were like, no, they, they would never do this. They had bubbly attitudes. They loved their, pan- their families. They never had any issues. I mean, other than the father, you know, everyone got along with each other. I just feel like probably uh, he was abusive too much and she confessed all the abuse to her friend and they was like, all right, let's figure out how we're going to get them. Well, here's here's another twist, though, in the story, Matt. So Uh, after finding the body, now they missed the body and they also missed Daniel's gun collection. Uh, Daniel had 14 guns from the variety of a pistol to a semi-automatic. Oh, wow. And uh, usually that's called evidence, right? Exactly. You know, or at least put it in a vehicle, take it down to the police station so you can figure out what you're going to do with it, correct? I would think so. What do you think the uh, the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation, along with the Sheriff's Department, does? I'm going to say Dr. Phil says, wow, this guy likes to hunt, and that's about it. All right. What do you think, Matt? I'm going to say they just bypassed it and just was like, ah, nice guns. <laughs> Kept it pushing. You guys are both right, except they were like, well, those are some nice guns. Let's uh, put them on the front lawn and leave them there. No, they didn't. <laughs> they, they, they lined them up all in order and they left them there. <laughs> oh, no, they yeah. didn't. They did. I have suspicions on one other thing, Todd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously you don't have to answer and kill the story, but I, you're talking about BFFs, and I'm getting the feeling that maybe this attachment between friends is more than friends. And Ashley is a good shot. Hmm. Well, I can't exactly answer that right now, but you're putting it out there. We'll see if that's the truth. Okay. Okay. So, um, so again, the families were beside themselves. The Bibles wound up collecting the guns themselves and giving it over to the Freemans um, because they left them in the yard. I mean, anyone could have just jacked them. You know what I mean? Uh, Easily. Yeah. I'm and, sorry, but every time you say the Bibles, I think of a book. Oh, <laughs> hey, I have a question because of my OCD. Sorry. Uh-huh. So the Freemans is who? Is it Lori Freeman or Ashley Freeman? It's Ashley Freeman. Ashley Freeman. Mm-hmm. I thought in the beginning you said Ashley Bible and Lori Freeman. Did I say it backwards? Yes. I may have. Okay. So it's Lori Bible and Ashley Freeman. Okay. Just to make sure I know when you're talking about the Bibles, it's Lori's parents. Okay. Yeah. My bad. 
back. <laughs> no, no worries. It's good because if I messed up, then that that clarifies everything. Because then other people are gonna be like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> Wait a minute. See, we don't have professional writers here, so it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so all of a sudden, uh, two uh, Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation officers was thinking to the sheriff's uh, was the sheriff's department behind this because they're starting to see, you know, how unprofessional the sheriff's department is, uh-huh. and they're they're like, well, maybe, maybe these guys had it in for Daniel so much that he, they're behind it and and then they were just like cletus was like that's amazing <laughs> now, how you know his name was cletus <laughs> but yeah there's always a cletus in oklahoma because cletus oh. jumps to every story okay exactly <laughs> he'll be in london next time <laughs> so, so what they did was the osb was like you know what they put all the sheriff's department on and, and also the local uh, police of Welch was only a few officers. They put them on lie detectors and they interviewed each one of them and they all passed with flying colors according to the OSB. Um, okay. Yeah, so they were they ruled them out for whatever, you know, for what it, that's concerned. Um, so maybe Daniel was in over his head and they tried to get a big score and it didn't work out. Um, uh, one of the top agents um, said, you know what, it may have been the two girls. And they were just going back and forth, kind of like arguing with each, with each other. And a few weeks went by, and the Bible family was just very upset about everything, as they should be. And they wound up hiring a private investigator by the name of Tom Pryor, um, who took a few of his associates. Um, Is he a Johnson or no? No, he's not a Johnson. He's an actual. Okay. He's an actual really good detective. We got to so, give a so name for. So he's a Kenda. Him. Yeah, he's a Kenda. Yeah. Okay, Joe Kendo. All right. Yeah, the Kendo Award. Yeah, he gets the Kendo Award with his associates. They're really good at this one, actually. All right. Um, they go to the crime scene, and they were looking for clues. And at the end of the driveway, 50 feet away at the end of the driveway, they find a business card for an insurance company. And, uh, they, you know, Tom takes it over to one of the OSBI agents, which is Tom Nutter, another Tom. And he goes, hey. Uh, looks like well, Tom Nutter is actually um, Doctor Phil. Is it, that's really his name? <laughs> no, it's Tom Nutter. Yes, but the, oh. he's going to go by Doctor Phil in this one. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, uh, he he was told by the other Tom to say, "Hey, man, look, I found this card just willy nilly in the you know outside the yard. Like, this could be something right here." And then he uh, he in turn tells uh, the private investigator, "See." Y'all come down here, and you think you know everything, and you think you're just gonna like teach me how to do my job? Boy, I have a show with Oprah. There is no way you know more than I do, son. So take that card, turn it sideways, and shove it where the sun don't shine. Now have a good day. Y'all come back now, you here. And that that was it. He dismissed the insurance card. Like he didn't even want to like serious? look at it. Yeah. So I cleaned it up a little bit. He uh Tom actually says he cussed at him. He was like, nah, you know, whatever. So um the investigators though, the private eyes said, you know what, we're gonna follow up on this. So they called the number and uh it was a woman. And the woman picked up and she said, uh, 
uh, he, he goes, is there any reason why your card would be at this address, you know, and everything else like that? Like, where were you a couple nights ago, you know, or a couple weeks ago? And she said, oh, uh, I let my uh, boyfriend uh, borrow my car. His name is Phil Welch. And they were like, Phil Welch. And they were like, they looked him up and he was a local meth dealer in the next town. Oh, oh, no. oh, Yes. And he was not just a little meth dealer. He was a dude that like pretty much ran a business out of his uh, garage. So he was well known like to the big time. Yeah, he was a he's a. He was like your uh, dude from um, what's his name? What's that uh, TV show where they did the meth? No, I'm blanking. Um... Breaking Bad. There you go. He was like a Breaking Bad guy. Not as big, but he was big enough to to a big a big part of Oklahoma knew of him, and they stayed away from him. So, he was a big. He was a real deal. Yes, he was a real deal. Um, and he hadn't been caught recently. Um, so. What happened was the two private eyes were like, you know what, dude, they're not going to, they're, you know, Dr. Phil doesn't want anything of this. Let's follow this up. You know, let's see why that insurance card was there and was Welch there too that night. So they, they actually saw him in town and they, they said, Hey man, uh, can we ask you a few questions? Um, can we buy you some lunch? And, uh, the detectives had like this SUV and uh, they picked him up, and he's like, yeah, I can go for some food. You know, he's missing a couple teeth. You know, he looks like your, like, normal meth head. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. kind of, like fidgety and everything. And uh, so they pick him up. They, they buy him lunch, and they just start, you know, talking normal and everything else like that. And, you know, as they're talking and eating, uh, there's, like, some hills in the uh, adjacent part of the town. And um, all of a sudden, you know, Phil Welch changes the subject, and he's, like, out of nowhere says... You see those hills over there? He goes, those people aren't worth saving. They're all, they're all, uh, they're all gonna be going to damnation one day, just out of oh. nowhere. Oh wow! And uh, they were like, "Well, that makes no sense what you're saying right now." But, <laughs> but they were like, "You know what? Since you started going morbid here, let's ask you some questions." <laughs> and so they went from small talk to saying, "Hey, did you hear about uh, those two two girls that were kidnapped a few, uh, you know, last month?" And uh, you know they. Uh, you know, I haven't found them or, or do you think they were kidnapped? Do you think they were, do you think they made the murders? And, uh, he said, uh, he said, you know what? He goes, I think they were kidnapped and those two bitches deserved it. And, uh, oh, they're all wow. like, yeah, they were like, deserve what? And then, um, they're all like, uh, do you know something about this? And then Phil started to scratch himself and he started to mumble and he started to, quote scriptures now these are two private eyes with no guns so he's starting to flip out in the back seat of their suv and they were like you know what let's let him out you know because we don't know if he has a gun if he's going to stab us if he's you know yeah uh-huh. so they're like hey uh phil you want to get going and everything and he was like oh all right, yeah, yeah. and he got his stuff together and he just zoomed out of there right so um they had no search warrant for him or to, to keep him legally and they had no guns and they just saw him walk off so, um, they, they took, didn't follow him. No, no, they didn't follow. They knew where he lives, and and what. So what they did was they told the local sheriffs, and once again they went to the OSBI and said, "Hey, we have a we have something here. This guy seems like he knows something." What do you think the police department did along with the Oklahoma State Bureau? If they are Mr. Johnsons, 
I'm going to take it that they did absolutely nothing. What do you think, Gabby? I'm going to guess they went to his house. Mm, I wish you were right, Gabby, but uh, Matt's right on this one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they basically, the sheriff's department was, yeah, we're going to treat this with all intensity and importance. And then they take the paperwork that the uh, private eye gave them and they put like yum yum donuts on top of it. <laughs> yum, yum. They're like, we're going to make this high priority once we finish these donuts. They never finished the donuts. So, wow. They buried so they did nothing. They did nothing. No follow ups. So, that is stupid. Yeah, I mean, it is really ridiculous, dude. I mean, like, just how can you not follow up on something that's, it looks like it's gold, right? Yeah, that looks like a, a pretty good lead. Mm-hmm. And you'll see how this is going to piss you off later. Oh, um, man. Yeah, so this these leads would go unchecked, and the case went completely cold. Local families and, and uh, people would contribute to a reward that came out to $50,000 for any information leading up to the capture or the whereabouts of the two daughters and uh, nothing, nothing. And um, the family and everybody would be searching the backwoods for months and just nothing, nothing popped up. Um, 18 months after the murders. So we're talking about a year and a half later, Daniel and Kathy's the case was still ice cold. Uh, two inmates at a local jail came forward to the police and said they had information regarding the case. They said that they heard a rumor that in the group that uh, in one of the houses that they had a house party at, when they left, uh, people were saying that uh, it was a known meth house in Craig County. They didn't have the exact address, but they had two men that walked into the party and they said that uh, that when they walked in, they passed a room where there was two girls on the bed being raped and they looked to be underage oh crap and there was people taking uh video and also pictures crap at a meth house yeah i feel bad about my suspicions now yeah i might be wrong so in 2001 this is a you know a few months after that uh or is yeah about a month after that they found out that that meth house was a gruber house which was on the outskirts of uh, Welch and the other town. It was like in the, in the middle. And they got a search warrant. And upon serving the search warrant, they, they did not find anything uh, with, with any of the girls there. Just a lot of drug paraphernalia and drugs, actually, that were, that were made. Um, they found some blood. And what they did was they tested it, or they, they took samples of the blood, and here's another thing that's going to make you angry. Again, this is 2001. We're not talking 1985 here, but 2001. And uh, because of quote unquote other cases, it took them a year to get the test results. Are you serious? That is really dumb. And what's really sad about it is both families knew because it was a small town and word gets around that they found blood. So you haven't seen your, your kids for two years. They find blood, and you hope to have results soon. You have to wait a whole calendar year oh, until you find out. By that, that the, time, they could be dead. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the worst part of it. So it's now 2002. Almost a full year, uh, calendar year goes by. 
just for them to find out that the blood did not match either one of the daughters. I had a feeling it wasn't their blood. Yep. But that wasted a whole year of them possibly searching. They might have waited to see the results. Mm-hmm. So this case would go cold again. And in 2009, Tom's assistant, Tom is working another case for another family at the time. This but, is 10 years now? This is 10 years now, yep. Oh, dear. So Tom's assistant that held on to the records, his wife, unfortunately, of their investigation, shredded all his uh, evidence that they had accumulated. Oh, man. Why? I have no idea. But she Probably destroyed the records. So, what is wrong with these people? Yeah. They're not making How does much a spouse sense. get access to something that's like it involves missing people that could possibly have died while their family's still crying, not knowing what the hell's going on? How does somebody else have access to tear that? I can paint the scenario. They're fighting. She's saying, You spend more time with work than you spend time with me and the family. And blah blah blah, and then she goes on a rampage, shreds everything. Yeah, but he died. Lee, why are you gonna temper with other people's lives? And he died. So I mean, like, she just was like, Yeah, he doesn't need all this stuff, he's dead. Oh okay. yeah. That changes things. Instead of turning that crap in, yeah. Not crap, but damn. And here's another thing that would make this case and these families go through more hell. I mean these two families have gone through enough hell as it is. They don't know if their daughters are murderers or if they've been or they're innocent. They just want to find them, right? Uh-huh. And you had two serial killers in the span of 2019 to 2017 that would go back and forth and stall their execution dates by claiming to have killed both the girls. So they had to open up uh, an investigation and they had to put off their um, what is it called? There was too much information in the newspaper for these serial killers to then make it seem like they were part of the case so that the investigation would st- stall their execution. Wow. So the police and detectives spent a few years clearing them, those two serial killers, off of the the the, the case. So they would further... How deliver. frustrating. Mm-hmm. So this this case would go again cold. and uh, But then in 2017, a new sheriff would literally take charge of the Department of Craig County, and he was not a Johnson. Um, he immediately knew about the cold case with Ashley and Lori, and he's like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take charge of this. And uh, as he did, he found some information that had been hidden away. People had talked. But they never followed up on it. So he had his investigators follow up on people who had been saying they knew stuff but were too scared to talk. And they got a couple of them that were in custody that said, hey, you know, we'll clear you guys, but you got to give us the information. And what had happened is a couple of them had came forward, including some ex-girlfriends of three men that uh, would be uh, charged with the heinous crime. Um, what happened in 2018, they were able to get information about Ronnie Dean Busek. Um, he was arrested and charged with the murders of, uh, Daniel, Kathy, Kathy, Ashley, Lori, um, Lori Bible. So all four of them, four 
counts of first-degree murder. Also being charged was his good friend and the person we talked about, Phil Welch, who was in the private investigator's car way back when. Oh, no. Oh, wow. Yes. Days, a week, mm-hmm. a month. Oh, just a month after, yep. And he could have been found out way back in 2000. But, yeah. but here's the thing. Being a meth head, you don't have a long shelf life. And he died in 2007. Never convicted. Yeah. Wow. And then David Pennington, another meth head. He died in 2015. He was the other suspect. So, what relation did they have to the family? They didn't have any relationship. They were three meth dealers... Uh, along with Ronnie, it was Ronnie Dean Busek, Phil Welch, and David Pennington were the group that sold meth out of that one house. So the house was, the house was the right house. So what happened was, um, they wound up, ta- you know, getting the only guy still alive. And if you looked at him, he's not good looking right now, and he doesn't it doesn't look like um, he's a dude that's going to live much longer anyway. But uh, they they found out through him that uh, it was a drug deal gone bad that Daniel owed them some money and they weren't anticipating Ashley and Laura being there so when Daniel didn't have the money they shot both uh, what is it called um, a mother, Daniel. Daniel and Kathy in the head and they took the two girls um, and threw them in the back of the trunk of the girlfriend's car Phil Welch's girlfriend's car they lit the house on fire or on fire and took off Wow. And he says that they had them in the drug house for at least two weeks, raping and torturing them before killing them and throwing them into one of the uh, mine shafts in the Oklahoma, Kansas area. Damn. Wow. Yep. So that, so the person who had mentioned that in the jail, that they saw two girls getting raped in that uh, crack house, mm-hmm. that was accurate. That was accurate, yes. And they dismissed it. Well, and they didn't dismiss it. They followed up on it, but they didn't find it. That is stupid, though. When they had Phil, they had him he in the pretty car. much was telling them what, hap- what happened. Yeah, I mean, he, he was so high. He was probably, you know, he was calling them the B word and everything. And if the if they would have followed up on it, they could have found something just a couple months after the, the murder, you know? So. Dang. Yeah, so that's that's a real slap in the face. And then here's the other thing that's going to make you mad. So they would find out through investigation that at least 24 people had either seen the suitcase that Phil used to walk around that had Polaroids of both Ashley and Lori tied up and being raped. And they also had seen video and people were there witnessing what happened at certain times. And nobody said a word. What? Yes. They're all meth heads. Mm-hmm. They, they, all were all, they were all scared of the three guys. Yeah, I wow. agree. They should all be charged. They all got to go, man. Yeah, and, and this guy, Phil, would sometimes pull out the Polaroids and brag about what they did. And still nobody said anything. Wow. Yep. So that is so sad. That's sad. That's it, really sad. It is sad. It's just it's a troubling thing, man. It shouldn't have happened, basically. And um the thing is they never said, 
you know, the Busick guy never says how much money that Daniel owed him. Um, he would he would make a plea deal, as often these these losers do for information. The family agreed to the plea deal, and when he came to talk to the Freemans and Bibles to tell them where the bodies were, and and about confessing to everything, he recanted his story and said that he does doesn't know where the bodies were that the two other men were the ones that murdered the girls and took them somewhere else. He doesn't know anything about it. Oh, dear. Come on. So he put all the blame on the two dead guys. And he still got his plea deal? He still got his plea deal, yeah. Why? He didn't give them the information they were supposed to get. For whatever reason, he was, because he pleaded out of it, he didn't get the death penalty. So he, he must have gave him something, but he did not give them the whereabouts and he didn't even tell the investigators or the families how they died. So nobody knows if they were strangled, the shot, or what. Nobody knows. See, <sighs> if I was the officer, I'll tell them, hey, okay, we'll give you a plea deal. And then take it back. What? Yeah. What are they going to do? <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't, I, I'm sorry, I don't agree with giving criminals plea deals. I and don't either. Yeah, it's, if you're gonna do it, just take it back. Renege, what you gonna do? You're going to jail. Yeah, that's not fair. Why should they set their terms after what they do? Yeah, and he gave he gave like I said, he gave some information, some clarity, but um, for the most part, they wound up sticking most of the charges to him because he did he did uh, renege, and uh, they said that basically, you know, he got the the charges for uh, four counts of murder, the um, kidnapping arson uh tampering with bodies or or i forget what the the other one was um or misuse of a corpse or whatever um so he was sentenced to how many years you think i'm gonna say 25 years gabby i'm gonna say life Mm, he got he got 15 years to life so he's eligible for parole in 15 years Oh man! Bull crap. Mm-hmm. But he's currently sixty-two, I think, right now, and he doesn't look like he's in the greatest of shape. So I think that fifteen years, because that's the earliest he can apply for parole. I think that's a death sentence. So at least you know. Does he look like Macaulay Culkin after Home Alone too? No, this guy looks like um, he looks like uh, I don't know if you know the Grateful Dead that band. No. no. Okay. Well, let's see. <laughs> I'm trying to think of another guy. Uh, What's his name? Daniel Busick. If you if you look up the like, yeah, he's he's balding. He's got like a white ponytail. Kind of looks a little bit like Santa in the face. Overweight, but he's been on meth and drugs for a long time. He's like a a, a hippie type dude. Busick. Daniel Busick. Is that him? No, that's something else. He looks really bad. Yeah, well, not really bad, but you could tell he's got like diabetes and stuff, so he, he ain't too long to go. Is it abuse kissed? I think so, yeah. It's uh let's see, hold on, let, oh, me, no. let me spell it no, here. Not it's B U S I E K. Okay. I E K. Yeah. Um, but remember these, these tips were never followed up about the insurance card. 
So they could have they could have tracked Phil Welch back to the girlfriend's insurance card a long time ago. And um, the the interview that could have been handed over to the, the police, this case could have been solved in 2000 or early 2001. Um, there is still like an like a, they they had a lawsuit. I don't know the the ramifications if anything ever came of it. But they did sue the OSBI and they did sue local law enforcement. I don't know if uh, the Bibles or the Freemans were paid out on that. Um, but what it is, it's really sad to see the Bible's family, the mother and her family. There's not too many Freemans left, but the, the Bibles are still actively looking. They they sometimes go in the mine shafts and areas, the abandoned areas, wells in Kansas to find the body. in Oklahoma to find the bodies. They said they're not going to give up until they find their daughters so man, that's been so many years though man that's so sad the girls actually look like if they were sisters yeah they were the best of friends so they said they're yeah. not going to stop until they find the bodies and it's been nearly 25 years that's what i'm saying it's been like 25 years they probably method now yeah and they, the problem is they said too why they've never been able to find them is some of the mine shafts are filled with water so uh-huh. if they were to dump the bodies down there, they they could have went under underground streams into the rivers and floated somewhere else. You know, it's knows. Ronnie. Ronnie music. It, oh, Ronnie music. Okay, I wrote the wrong one then. See again, I need writers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I typed in Daniel music. I kept getting comic books. So oh. like, what? <laughs> well, at least I, at I least was get getting like. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna ask like, okay. I lost my chain of thought. But, like, after so many years, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing going to be there. The bones are going to be gone. You know, there's no evidence of, you know, the girls at all. So, why keep looking? These families are tra- traumatized. I mean, sometimes you just need closure. And they- I mean, think about it, baby. Your daughters are kidnapped and killed. Wouldn't. You're telling me you're ever going to rest without ever finding their bodies? If I know. Or wonder if that was the truth, but your kids are somewhere else? Well, not only that, you can't trust the method. That's what I'm saying. Their mind is the dumbest. Then how could you have peace if you think maybe they're out there somewhere? Exactly. You Then who knows where they actually could be? They probably burnt them, but they don't remember. They were they probably high on meth. My point is that without a body, a parent will never rest without knowing what happened to their kids. They will never get closure. I understand, but where are you gonna where are you gonna search? True. Oh, you know, we we see them right here. Good lord. Oh, jeez. It doesn't yeah, look like in the best of shape. He ain't gonna make it. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll be in his eighties or nothing like that. That's for oh, sure. Oh yeah, no. And but then you know, you never know. He might get that jailhouse justice. Well, hopefully, uh, but uh, you know, I just, I just don't see it happening. Unfortunately, I mean, like I think he's in a protective wing too. So. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, he might be protected. Yeah. yeah. Why he doesn't deserve that either? Yep. For you know he. Because. Four murders yeah. right there, and that's a sad thing. You don't know about. You know, the other two might have had the the case where they could have found the bodies. This guy clammed up and he wouldn't say anything more than he had to. So the guy's rotten to the core. You know, he could he could have just said, you know, I'm going to meet my maker one day. Let me just tell him what I know. He he wouldn't do it. Yeah, totally. That's crazy. 
I don't know. I still don't think that's fair. Yeah. He should get all the beatings and all the raping he deserves for the amount of time that he's there. On one more side note, the family did try to bring up charges on obstruction and, um, you know, tampering with evidence as far as trying to get some of these people that knew about it uh, in trouble for not saying anything. But the police didn't press charges on anybody. So Uh, it sucks. I mean, because again, I would have tried that, too. Yeah. I mean, why not? Right. Yeah, I would have. But that's how that goes. I mean, they, they struck out there, too. So, yeah, because the moment you see something, you're responsible. It's on you now, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Damn. Well, that sucks, man. Yep. That's... We both were wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it did It did seem like the girls were responsible for it in the beginning. It, it did. But, uh, but, yeah, unfortunately, they met, they met uh, a rough ending. And we'll never know the true story or, or exactly how it went down. Apparently, that died with the two uh, losers that were part of it. At the end of the day, you know what? Ashley's father is responsible for it. Agreed. Agreed. If he hadn't been so stupid to be involved in deals and drugs, his family wouldn't have been in danger. And then, in extension, another family's daughter. Yeah, think about this, too. This is why some parents are very apprehensive of letting their fam- their their kids sleep over other people's houses because you never know that's true yeah i feel sorry for my girls but i highly doubt they're gonna be doing that yeah nope i don't trust anybody and see they knew the bibles knew that you know daniel had a drinking problem and he partook in weed but they didn't think it was going to come out to this but even then i mean that's you know if you know he hangs around shady people he's not the coolest guy i wouldn't send my girl over there i agree i agree yeah so maybe they have they have a lot of remorse for doing that, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yep. That's terrible. But it's not their fault. I mean, the days were different. It was her best friend. Like, the families were close. It's not like... They were like family. Mm-hmm. You don't expect that something's going to happen. A little irresponsible knowing that dad's a drunk and he don't work. I mean, come on. You got to notice that. Yeah, exactly. But when you trust the family, you know the dad never did anything to their daughter. And, like, you wouldn't have thought something was going to happen to them that night. You'd think they're safe. That's true. Yeah. At least you'd like to think they were. Yeah. yeah. So. But, yeah, that's the story, guys. Well, thank you, Todd, for breaking down another story for us. We appreciate it, sir. And I hope I didn't offend anybody with too much of the hillbilly accents, but I had to throw them out there. The police were just god awful in this one. Oh yeah, definitely. And then Doctor Phil too. Yeah, the Doctor Phil <laughs> one. I mean, I'm telling you, the next, the next two. I mean, that I'm gonna do. I don't know if you guys are gonna do one in between ours or between mine, but the next two are gonna are just gonna be more Johnsons upon Johnsons. I mean, oh. just, especially Get the, the reward ready. Yeah. <laughs> The last one's gonna be terrible, dude. I mean that that one oh. again. That one pissed me off. So, all right. Well, I'll be mentally think, prepared for it. I think it. Matt should do a story now. I think everybody's waiting for one. Yes. Yes. Get once, it together, babe. Once I get over this COVID, <laughs> get this Rona out of you. <laughs> get it out of me. 
I'll be fine in a few days. <laughs> We're going to post a picture of how Matt is doing on the fifth day, okay? <laughs> a video. There you go. <laughs> I'll be perfectly fine. <laughs> well, thank you, Tom, for breaking down that story for today. Thank you, sir. And we are going to end it right there. So uh just want to let you guys know once again where you can find us. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Type in Grinding True Crimes. You can follow us, like our page, comment to us. We comment back as well. If you want to listen to us, uh, you can go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchors, iTunes, and Pandora. For those outside of the country, you can listen to us on Podchaser, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cash. Go to redbubble.com, type in Popbox80 for merchandise. And as always, leave us a like on our page. We would greatly appreciate it. And if you haven't already, subscribe to our uh, channel on either Podbean, iTunes, or Anchor. It helps us out, too. So thank you very much. And as always, we're signing off. This is your host, Maddie Matt, along with our narrator for today. Todd Fox. And the other host of the show. Gabby Gav. We are signing off. Toodles. Peace. Y'all come back now, you hair. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>